welcome to Just Bugs, an appreciation podcast for those oft-ousted creatures we humans call bugs, despite their official classification. I'm your host, Savannah, and today I have Matt with me. hey And today I'm going to tell you guys about clover mites. These guys are super small, but before I get into what they look like, I want to tell you what their scientific classification is. Oh boy. It's real silly this time, but only because of the way that I say it, like normal. It's Bryobia pretiosa. Now you're just leaning into it. I am. So it's, it's pretiosa, not pretiosa. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I just can't. I'm, I'm never going to get past it. The They just come out of my mouth sounding like that. I don't know what to do about it. Regardless, they're closely related to ticks. So they are an arachnid rather than an insect. Um, these little guys are... Very tiny, small. So very small. Like how small? They are 0.75 millimeters to 8.5 millimeters, which is like, I tried so desperately to find like a relevant picture of that in reality. And the closest thing I could get is like thinner than your average piece of paper, but thicker than aluminum foil. I thought of one just because I actually have seen these things. And it was literally like, if you get a brand new pen and you just were like, Boop. Just like one boop on the paper. Yeah, but I... And then maybe even smaller than that. It's smaller than that. Because I looked it up. It's like, it's smaller than the pin of like a needle. It's like tiny, 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 tiny. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. (laughs) But anyway. I have good vision. (laughs) Yes, you do. So let's tell that story. Uh, We were hiking in Idaho and um, just kind of walking, looking at the ground. As you do on accident while you're hiking, you should really be enjoying the scenery. But we always tend to be looking at the feet. I'm just afraid of tripping. Yeah, I get so it. So I'm always like looking down just like left, right, left the whole time. <laughs> and then I never look up until I stop. And then I'm like, whoa. But yeah, I probably should be more observant in the moment. No, it's okay. Because because of that, we decided that we were going to do this podcast. We saw... These little clover mites just like skitter scattering. We saw around. red dots, to be we fair. We did. We saw tiny little red dots. Actually, you saw a tiny little red dot. And dots. I was like, did that dot move? And then you like had to like physically zoom in, like get your <laughs> face closer and closer to the ground until you're like, for one, there are red dots there. And two, yes, they are moving. Yeah. So we had to, I later looked up what those, those were, and I'm pretty sure that they were clover mites. But after seeing them, I was talking about how much I like bugs in general, and you had this genius idea to create a podcast where I literally just talk about bugs, and here we are. Well, I mean, we talked about getting you a podcast for like two years straight, and right. we, went, we cycled through many, many ideas, but then this one just, just kind of felt like we finally like struck gold. Or yeah, something. yeah, because we had other ideas, but they were too complicated or too much work, and it just yeah. didn't feel like... Perfect. Not that this isn't a a lot of work. It's just, I think that it feels like it was worth the effort for you. Yes. Where the other things might have been more tedious. Correct. Because, yeah, this this does take some research and everything, but it's a good time. It's fun because I like bugs a lot. I think they're so interesting. And honestly, the more research that I do on them, the more I like them. The more I think that they're interesting and fascinating. And they keep just taking me in so much deeper. I'm and so a excited. Little, a little something more for the listeners. Uh, when she's doing her research, she's always just sitting on the couch with her computer with a smile on her face. And really? I'm like, oh, I know what you're doing. Oh, cute. I didn't even know I did that. <laughs> 
I guess we should get back to the Clovermites, though. So they are um, lots of different colors, all ranging in the same type of color, I guess. So like the adults are like a brownish red or mm. a brownish green. And then the juveniles or the nymphs are like a bright, bright red or like a tomatoey red. Yeah, from what I remember, they were bright red. It was like almost neon. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, they were very, very small. Like, I don't even know why I was so, I just do this thing randomly where I stop and I, I zoom in on like an inch of something and just see like what's there. I don't know why. I don't know. But there was, there was little red things. But there things. was little <laughs> tiny red things. So they have eight legs. Like I mentioned, they're arachnids. Um, the front two legs though are like twice as long as the rest of their legs. So Ooh. about the same length as like their body. Interesting. Does that, uh, does that help them move faster? I don't <laughs> think it would make them faster. Maybe it's just for like feeling around. I honestly like, I couldn't What's find over here? why. What's over here? <laughs> What's over here? <laughs> just have like a long leg, just, just poking. <laughs> yeah. I love that image. That's, that's real cute. I really like it a lot. That could be it. You know, I wish, I wish I had found something on that, but most of the stuff that I found research wise was like pest control websites. So it's hard to get down to like the nitty gritty of like how their bodies function. Um, but I did find some things, for example, their bodies are like an oval shape and they have this unique plating all over them that kind of looks like itty bitty hairs, like tiny little hairs. But you can't see that unless you look at them with a microscope. Yeah, I could not distinguish any part of their anatomy. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a moving dot. <laughs> so some of the research that I found was on like mites as a whole, just to give a little bit more like anatomical features and background stuff. So most mites will have like one to five eyes and those will either be in the middle of their face or on either side, but like- One to five. I, I couldn't Is it find... a roll of the dice? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's species specific, but I really couldn't find- The one with many. the one eyes, just like, oh, <laughs> not cool, bro. <laughs> Maybe his eye is like far superior though. Okay, it's giant. It's like the best <laughs> eye that's ever been. <laughs> Double compound. On the flip side, though, some mites are blind. So, like... <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a worse option? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, the front of their body has um, something I don't think I'm going to be able to pronounce correctly. It's try a, hard. I'm going to try pretty hard. Sound like Try to sound like a scientist while you say it. <clears throat> Nathosoma. Does that sound scientific? I mean, it sounded like a prescription, so It yeah. starts with a G. That's why Ooh. I was like, I don't know. That's like a lot. Wow, look at you getting fancy. I know, right? I would have said like Narlazoma or something. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also called a capitulum. So who's to say? But it's not a head. It doesn't have brain or eyes in it. It doesn't have brain. No brain. Like me. <laughs> um, it just has the mouth parts. But it is on like the front of their body. So it looks like it should be a head, but it's really not. It's literally just their mouth bits. Really? Mm -hmm. So they don't have like a collection of nerves from which they stem No, they instinct. do. They have a brain. It's just okay. not in the nathozoma. Okay. It's not in the yes. front of their body. Right. It's like, it's it's just behind that. Basically. Okay. Yeah. Back brain. The back brain. <laughs> so they're found on every single continent except for Antarctica. That makes sense. I mean, it's probably not ideal there. No, it's pretty cold there, I think. I mean, I've never <laughs> been, but I've heard. <laughs> so what do they eat? 
Um, clover mites do eat clover. They also eat grasses. That's actually like one of the things that they're most known for because it's part of why people consider them a pest. Uh, but if they do eat grasses primarily, they'll get like a silvery color from feeding too heavily on them. Alternatively, they can feed on dandelions, honeysuckle, strawberry plants, and like irises, like the flowers. Yeah, I always think that's cool when like things change color based on their food. That is really like, neat. Flamingos, I, I guess, aren't naturally pink. Nope. They it's all eat shrimp. like pink fish or something. Yeah, I think it's shrimp. I don't know for they sure. Eat I do, I'm not a, a, a flamingologist <laughs> or anything. Also, people, if you eat too many carrots, you're going to turn orange. I thought you were going to say if you eat too many people. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to turn orange. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, I want to tell you something really cool about these guys with little finger bunnies. They're all girls, they have something called. Parthenogenetic, parthenogenesis. Okay. Genetics, hard. I don't know why this is so challenging for me. You're doing great. Thank you so much, dear. You're just, thank you. It's the most support. (laughs) But their population is 100% female. And they make more how? Cloning? Kind of. So each egg that they hatch is done without fertilization and it's genetically identical to the mother. Cloning. Yeah, so basically cloning. So every single female has eggs. Those eggs are all genetically identical to her. So if you think about that in like the long term, they are all the same. All of them. But if I hurt one, do they all feel it? I don't think so. I don't think it's like a hive mind. It could be, though. We don't know enough about these little tiny people. Experiment. No. (laughs) (laughs) So the eggs are only hatched or hatched, no, laid in spring or fall, and then those laid in the spring will stay dormant until autumn, and then those laid in the fall will overwinter until spring, so they're, they'll hatch around April, and that's just due to temperature fluctuation. They're super ten- temperature, temperature, temperature sensitive, so if the temp goes below 85 degrees, they don't do as, or that's when they can come out, and then, or above 85 degrees, wow. Very jumbled, but they can't survive underneath 75 degrees or they go dormant, at least the eggs do. And then over the adults, over 102 degrees Fahrenheit will die. So they're pretty temperature sensitive. That's fascinating because we saw them in the spring Mm -hmm. at like 85 degrees on the nose. And and then there they were. There they were. So that makes sense, I guess. I mean, if, well... Spring. What t- what time of year was it? April, May. April, May. They're laid in the spring and they're dormant till autumn. Oh, so they must have been the ones that were laid in fall then. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, good for us. We got to see little babies just crawling around. Fresh spring babies. <laughs> so each female can lay 70 eggs, which hatch within like a month after the dormancy situation. Mm. Um, the eggs are laid in protected places, like in cracks or under loose bark, somewhere that's protected from the elements, at least a little bit. Um, once those eggs are, (laughs) once those eggs are hatched, the females mature into adulthood within a month. So if you think about those numbers, so new adults hatch 70 eggs. As soon as those eggs mature... They hatch 70 more eggs. 
So their population is exponential. That makes sense. I mean, like, they're constantly cloning themselves, right? So there's just always another troop that's just following <laughs> right behind them. Yeah. There's just tons of the exact same little bug. It's crazy. But then how do you answer the question in chicken or the egg? What came first? If they're all the same. Who made the first one? I don't know. That's too deep. Too <laughs> deep for sure. Let's talk about their life cycle instead. So <laughs> the larvae are different for these guys. They only have six legs instead of their eight legs total. And then they go through two nymph phases after the larval phase, a proto-nymph and a duodonymph, which has the eight legs again. So like the first molt, they're this guy with the six legs and they're technically a nymph, not a, nar- a larva anymore. And then they molt again and then they've got eight legs. Great. Check out my new legs. <laughs> and those are the long ones too. So like Ooh, super cool. What's over here? <laughs> gosh and then the adults each stage will like each stage of this whole process will last like two to six days and then the full cycle is like two to three weeks Mm. yeah so there's a lot of dates flying around it's very confusing but basically the the life length is once they're adults they live two weeks but it takes some time to get there so So fleeting i know it's so sad but that's okay because they're identical Clone is just right there on the on the cusp. I guess yeah, that makes it a little, <laughs> that softens the blow a little bit. <laughs> so, if they had their own individual stuff going on, it'd be way sadder. Yeah, that would be much more sad. I wouldn't enjoy that very much. <laughs> but yeah, so all that math kind of totals out to once they're hatched, their life is approximately a month to six weeks, mm. basically. So they are definitely not a solitary species. They um they rove in groups for sure. Uh, they're very common. As I mentioned, they're like a household pest. They're all over the place. They, <laughs> their growth is exponential. So why are they considered a pest? They, uh, they do do, do do, they do <laughs> damage to your lawns. They can cause a lot of yellowing in your grasses. Um, and then they also will take refuge in your home if it's rainy or too cold and the season is not quite right for them to like do all their business. They'll go into your home and people really hate that, especially understandable, because, though. I mean, yeah. they're cold. They're, yeah, I know. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how do they get to your lawn? They will hitch a ride in purchased fertilizers or plants. Like if you go to oh, really? a nursery or something like that, um, you could potentially bring one home or a couple home. You never know. But it's not necessarily like going to happen. It's just something that could happen. And that's how they'll get there. Um, and then once they're there, they will feed on all your grass and you'll hate it. And <laughs> that's no good. So what can you do to avoid that? Uh, the best, the genuinely the best way to control invasion is to create like a physical barrier. So you need to plant or create a space that's 18 inches to 24 inches. So like a foot to like a foot and a half, a foot and a half to like two feet from your home, like a full block of gravel or pebbles, basically, because it's hard for them to terrain over that. Like, it's mountains for them. I was going to say, for them, <laughs> that would be quite a journey. Yeah, they basically have to go through, like, a whole mountain range. That's no fun. They have to carry the one ring. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what a cool journey that would be. I would, would totally be. pay to watch that. Indeed, that would be really cool. Do you think it's more like a bracelet if they have no hands, but 
only arms. It's like a skirt. <laughs> a skirt. <laughs> but um, in that gravelly space, you can plant things that they don't like. So if you still want flowers and plants and stuff, there is an option to plant a lot of different things. You can plant roses, marigolds, chrysanthemums, geraniums, zinnia, wallflowers, salvia, and petunias for flowers. Or you could do juniper, spruce, arborvitae, yew, or barberry shrubs. So you have options. So you just make a barrier and they're like, ew, they just don't don't like it. Yeah, they're like, that sounds gross. I'm gonna stay over here in the grass, basically. (laughs) Um, Alternatively, uh, if they do get in your home, you can try a homeopathic route, which is peppermint oil. Smells great. They don't like it. But there is one issue. If you have pets, it is not safe to put peppermint oil in your home in a space where your pet could get to it because it is toxic to cats and dogs. Mm. So yeah, not a, not a good option for that. But if you don't have pets and you don't want to kill them, that is a good option for you. Mm. Um, I would say... Don't use insecticides or miticides. Like, you can. They do work. But it's not safe for yourself, for the environment. And it's sad. (laughs) So if you really, really, really want them out, you don't have the peppermint option, you can't create a border because they're already inside, you can vacuum them up. But that's (laughs) awful. And it's not a permanent fix because you have to seal the vacuum bag afterwards to avoid avoid them coming back and they if you don't create that physical barrier the next like full army worth is just going to come in your house so you really got to make that barrier happen geez what a ride inside of a vacuum for something that small right (laughs) just flying around it's like a hurricane tornado nightmares So yeah, so are they dangerous? Um, Not at all, like not in any way. They have no anatomical features that are capable of biting humans or animals. They're not venomous, they don't carry disease, they don't cause structural damage. Um, They won't damage your clothing or furniture unless they are crushed. Because if you squish these guys, these women, my apologies, they leave these bright red stains on everything you squish them on and you can't get them out. They're like itty bitty bright neon stains on your your stuff. So don't don't crush them. That's like not good for you or for them. I feel like you have to crush quite a bit to make a substantial stain. I mean, yes, but I have seen them. I have seen the crush stains of, oh, yeah? of a clover mite that's been squished. Because I think I used to see them in my bedroom, like on the windowsill, and they were so cute. I was like, what is this tiny little red spider? Not a spider. It's a clover mite, turns out. <laughs> um, what eats them? So clover mites, because they're so small, they can be eaten by other predatory mites. They're also eaten by something called a big-eyed bug, which is what a cool name. Cute. Is it like a cyclops bug? Probably not, but maybe, maybe it has one giant eye. It probably has two though, but you know, we never know with these bugs. They, they have all types of different eyes. Including none. Including, including <laughs> none. Also, another bug that has a really cool name that eats them is the minute pirate bug. Minute pirate bug? Is it, is it like a werewolf thing that only lasts a minute? I hope so. It's just, just a pirate for one minute. I love that. They just grow a peg leg and all of a sudden have an eye patch. Like, that's great. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty painful to just like um, like have one eye like recede and then be filled with a patch. 
It probably like, wouldn't be great. I mean, the peg leg situation probably wouldn't be <laughs> no too, one too hot either. Right either. <laughs> but I don't think a werewolf situation is ever painless, to be fair. It does look pretty painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, cloverites have no negative impacts on the environment. They live really happily in their little ecosystems. They just make your grass yellow. Yeah. That's really the that's biggest really thing, it. right? Yeah. They make your grass yellow, and if you accidentally squish them, they're going to leave a red stain. That's their whole reason for being a pest. It seems unnecessary to me, but... People really like their grass, man. That's true. I've never had a home with grass, so I don't get it, really, but... Same. I guess. I guess I get it. They're just In looking theory? at, like, a little yellow stain, like... I guess. But it's... Okay, to be fair... If they're if they get in those really big exponential numbers, they could pretty much destroy your lawn over time. Mm. So like I get it to a degree. I get <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> like I see where you guys are coming from. Um, some cool facts. Uh, while they only live a few weeks, in a, in a year there's typically five to six generations of them. So that's like a lot. It's very many. And as I mentioned, they are pretty temperature sensitive. Do you have any questions about these guys? I don't have... They're hard to... Like I said, they're hard to study just because most places you can get information are pest killer people. Yeah. I mean, we knew this one wasn't going to be too crazy deep, but I think because it's part of the origin story, it needed to be told. You know, it's so important. You guys need to know where we came from. Yeah. We just want to bring you in. Come learn about us. (laughs) Something... I think I'm pretty square. You want to... You want to do the plugs and send us home? Yes, I will do the plugs. Oh, there's m- many new plugs, actually. So there's still the Instagram. That's Just Bugs Podcasts on Instagram. We do still have the email, podcast at gmail.com. I did create um, a TikTok uh, that has some fun art stuff that I do. I, as you can see in our logo, there's a bug there that's drawn with stipple art. I drew that myself and Matt did add some color to it and he designed the rest of the logo. But I've come to decide that I'm going to be drawing those stipple drawings of bugs that we cover in our episodes. So right now, the TikTok has a stipple drawing of like a the live performance <laughs> of me drawing this bug. Um, it's just the cicada going back to our first episode and that is live now. I will be also putting it up on our YouTube. I'm just trying to work out some logistics there. Um, but the TikTok is also Just Bugs podcast on TikTok. Um, I, don't, I think that might be everything. Oh, please share the show. Yeah, please share the show, rate and review, whatever. We do appreciate that, and it goes a long way. Um, and it's nice to just see how you guys feel about it. I mean, honestly. Oh yeah, write in if you have something to, you know to add or something to cover, or you know if you want to hear about a special bug or tell us a story about a bug in which you encountered. Yeah, I love stories. Like you can tell me all about your cool bug stories. I'll hear them all day long. And if it's good enough, maybe we'll read it on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that would be great. Um, Also, if you guys like video games, you can check out Matt's podcast with his buddies. It's Co-op Plus One. Co-op Plus One. Yeah. Weekly uh, video game topic news and just random thoughts about games. Yeah. uh, On every (laughs) podcast network and sometimes on YouTube. There you go. Um, And thank you for being here, Matt. Thank you for joining me. Of course. Always. Thank you so much. 
All right, guys. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and, you know, don't squish the bugs or whatever. Yeah, don't, don't kill the bugs. Appreciate the bugs. Appreciate the bugs from a safe <laughs> distance. I'm demanding you. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.